Here's a thought. What if you woke up to find you'd won $20,000 every month for 20 years? Imagine the possibilities. Set for life from New South Wales Lotteries. Grab an entry in-store or online today. First show back in the Brunswick Sharehouse Studios, a place Michael Lynch once referred to as the salubrious surroundings. This is the FBS podcast for fuck's sake. Back at it, season two, episode two. I'm Jason, the host of Vuck's Sake. Joining me is uh, Buds, aka the man of the people. Hello, Buds. Hey, guys. Hey, listeners. Mon of Vuck. Nice to be back in the salubrious surroundings. It is nice. Um, Dave didn't join us today. Uh, it's, his, it's his birthday today. Hey, Sretan Rojendan, David. Happy birthday. Thanks for not coming again. Uh, we miss you, Dave. I hope you, uh, hope you got a good cake. I think he's having a few family members around tonight, so he couldn't get out of, uh, yeah. of that to, to attend to a podcast. Yeah, he's probably about in his second bottle by now. Oh, 100%. Yeah. Let's just wish him uh, luck for uh, this evening as well. Yeah. The voice that you're hearing is Rowdy, um, NT Stalwart. He's been on the show before, back in maybe episode three or four or something like that. Um, so returning back, how are the nerves? I, I know you were a bit nervous last time. How are you feeling today, Rowdy? Feeling a little bit better, but... Uh, Nervous as always, just uh, hanging out with uh, podcast greats like you two. So don't pop uh, us up too much, mate, because we copped a bit of flack last week for congratulating ourselves a bit too much for the the press box. I didn't think we were doing that. Do we th- have we sold out or something, uh, buds? Well, I haven't made any money from it, so I can't see how we've sold out. We just got a couple of lanyards that gave us uh, media access, and uh, some of the punters thought we were a bit too self indulgent. So we might try and tone it down if we can. <laughs> We'll try and come back to earth a little bit. Uh, let's cap off on uh, the first, the big news of uh, of the past week in Melbourne Victory Circles: the acquisition of James Teresi. What did you make of these returns on a one-year deal, despite the fact that he was preaching stability and he wanted to to stay somewhere for a little while? But he goes ahead and signs a one-year deal. Well, we've got him from a, a horror spell at a. In the Chinese Super League at uh, Liaoning, who win? But I tell you, who win? The Vuck win, mate, because we got the boy JT back. Excellent pronunciation, by the way, there too, buds. Thank you. Let's face it, though, it's a huge acquisition getting him back. We know what we can expect from him. We can expect goals. We can ex- expect assists. Uh, versatile, can play in many different um, areas, which I think is what the question on all Victory fans' lips are, is where, he's gonna, where, where is he going to play? Where is he going to fit in in this? Um, where do you think he's going to fit in? Uh, I think he's going to fit as a number 10. I think he's going to play that attacking midfield role, but he's also going to provide cover. Um, I think uh, where where we sit at the moment, we probably need a versatile uh, front half. So I can see him um, slotting right into that number 10 role uh, that Kev has been playing Bazanic in in the preseason. But JT will go there and... uh, He'll provide, uh, provide balls for uh, Kelfella, Austin and Berisha. 
I think, look, I think the most important thing at the moment is just we get some quality into the squad because let's be honest, after last season, we've lost a couple of really good quality players and attacking players as well in Barbarous and Barbarouss and Finkler. And we are, we know that Troy he can do it for the Vox. So. You mentioned just then, Bud Spazanich, who was playing as a number 10 um, throughout the preseason so far. We lamented the fact that he was played out of position last year and his performances weren't that great as a result. Does this mean that Bazanich once again is going to endure a year where he's not playing in the right position and then as a follow-on from that, he's not going to be performing the way that we expect a marquee player to perform? Yeah, it's going to, it's going to be a very interesting one. I mean, the way um, we've structured has been a, a 4-3-3 uh, with the uh, attacking advanced midfield. Now, we've still got big problems in midfield, but just not sure how he's going to put uh, Bazanich and Valeri in the same mould, whether he's going to have them uh, as uh, the two back mids and you're going to have Valeri playing the holding role and maybe Bazanich as a uh, box-to-box midfielder. But I suppose it all depends on the acquisitions, the two uh, two foreign spots that uh, Trimmers is out there trying to fill for the team. But, uh, yeah, uh, we can we can elaborate further. But um, with Troisi in now, it's a, it's a pretty big signing. Uh, they were calling it the signing of the window so far. I think that might be a bit of a stretch. Yeah, it was a huge call, wasn't it? It was, it was a big call. I thought it was good. Um, with all the rumours that we've had of uh, Mil- the Milligan rumours are circling and JT's come back and they're talking, oh, there's, there, there was a bit of a back to the future kind of feel of where this window's going. But... Um, I'd prefer that we got Troisi than some other team did because, let's face it, the fans love him, the ladies love him, the guys love him, and he's a golden boot winner from two, two three seasons ago. So. Well, yeah, he scored the most goals for victory in that year that you played. I think it's a great a great sign for Melbourne Victory that players want to come back to us. Um, I think, yeah, that's that's an amazing feat for the club to create a culture and atmosphere. Obviously, the facilities don't don't hurt either, so it's great to have him back. Um, and hopefully he uh, he resumes normal service and can bang in a few goals for us, wherever, wherever he does fit in to the side where we expect that number 10 role. Um, we get a roundup on the ICC as well. We last spoke after the uh, Juve uh, Tottenham game Yep, in the... Uh, in the MCG. Since then, there was the uh, the Atletico Spurs game um, that was rounding out the official ICC. And then we played Atletico on Sunday in Geelong in a game that wasn't considered to be part of the ICC. But, um, you know, we got one up over them. And technically, we probably won the ICC, you know, if you go by points, score, uh, points and everything like that. So... Um, what did you make, Rouds? You you actually took uh, the press pass on uh, Dave's I press did. pass. He couldn't make it on the uh, the Friday night. What did you make of that um, that tournament? And I suppose as well, you're a Spurs fan. What was it like? Oh, look, it was a, was pretty amazing going into the press box and doing all that sort of stuff and uh, living it like a like like a professional, like you blokes do on a week week to week basis these days. But um, <laughs> look, it was you know it's a it was a really solid performance. You look at. You know, even though we're looking at you know probably Atletico and Juve playing uh, playing B teams, still fantastic to get one over the Italian champions, get one over, you know what was it Champions League runners up, yep um, teams, and then uh, yeah, it's look it's, they're, they're they're good results, and look hopefully they bode well for uh, for a good year. You're at the game on Sunday, buds, uh, victory versus Atletico in Geelong. What was it like? 
Uh, I, I went in with really low expectations of what it was going to be like after the three crowds that we saw at the MCG, but was pleasantly surprised when I uh, was driving into Geelong with a good wife. Uh, the streets were absolutely chockers. Um, it was pretty hard to drive around the stadium, but lucky I uh, took a advantage of the amateurish uh, setup down at Simmons Stadium and just flashed my media pass for uh, the car, <laughs> the the, um, the free car park there. Despite yeah. the fact you weren't technically accredited for that game. Well, no, the, the accreditation said Melbourne Cricket Ground, but I got free parking. I <laughs> uh, walked up to the guy at the gate and flashed it and he, I could see it in his mind. He didn't know how to deal with it. And he was just like, okay, I don't even know how to scan that pass. Just walk through. So I got walked through and um, a couple of other things we might, if we've got time, we'll talk about there. But um, sitting in the um, Doug Wade stand there, it was chockers. Uh, the, the big new stand they've built there was chockers. The Gary Ablett Terrace down the other end was chockers. And it was, um, it was, it was a pleasing sight. It was a nice day. And um, I, was, I was a bit... I was a bit uh, hesitant to what Kev was going to put out on the park because we had the game last night, but he ended up putting as full a strength a team as we could have put uh, on the park, and, and they played quite well. They withstood um, a barrage in the first half. Obviously, we were outplayed, and we you know, had to sit back and, and just pretty much just cop it. Um, we got a goal through Ansel, who um, said he wanted to score more goals. He wants to be in that position where he's, he's scoring those kind of goals from the headers in the in the corners and things like that. Amazing that we actually converted from a corner because that's something that Melbourne Victory doesn't do. Best for everything. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Ansel was very impressive uh, in this game. Uh, he was down the end defending the end I was sitting in in the first half and him and Barrow seem to have uh, a good understanding and Ansel looks like he's taken another step with his leadership he was very composed and very impressive just pretty much controlled everything like the, the back four actually did quite good uh, it was really amazing to see the way Atletico make space uh, spread and really uh, just change the pace of the game though that super quick and the pressure that our midfield was under from them was just amazing. This, the press that Simeone has them playing is is quite impressive, and you, you know it's 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 the runner-up European champion. Uh, you know, Champions yeah, I League thought I think there. that's a good test for us to withstand that kind of pressure, still score a goal, and then defend that lead as well. And you know, I thought once the the young kids came on, when all the uh, the, the the first team players were taken off, I thought it was just um, inevitable that we're going to cop a goal, maybe cop two. But the the kids held firm. There were a few, oh. not just Pasquale um, on Sunday. There were quite a few um, kids who actually showed something, young which Theo. is amazing for a team which is currently in the NPL, struggling in the NPL. Yeah, they can't they can't hack it against the uh, I guess the the rough players of you know your green gullies and shit like that. But they they. Pretty much, um, they held their own on Sunday, which was really pleasing to see. Yeah, there's uh, a young kid, Theodarus, who was really good, and Stefan Negro nutmegged, uh, nutmegged a couple of um, Atletico players on a, on a number of occasions, and that got the crowd up and running. And it's just their energy. They just kept pushing and pushing and pushing, and, and Atletico really didn't have too much. I don't know how much they were putting into it, but surely they wouldn't want to lose. So the kids the kids did a super job. Um wasn't wasn't too bad a performance by the Vuck, but um, Austin Austin's got a lot of pace. He's Kev played him again on that left side, but only for a short period. Of time, he got obviously. absolutely crunched. Yeah, straight straight got, away, first minute. And you think like we we're, were talking about that last week about how how does Kevin Musket approach that game with the FFA Cup on the Wednesday? Does he go with, with his full team because you run the risk of of you know copying an injury and. You know, when he went down within the first minute, I yeah. thought that's just 
the worst possible result that could have happened. Yeah, 40 seconds he was down and he looked like he was out for the count. Went off, came back on, but just couldn't couldn't run it out. So, um, Bazanich was disappointing last Sunday again. He yep. was very disappointing. And it was almost the, the pressure from Atletico uh, meant that we could not string three passes together. So... But uh, when you think about it, the result's all that matters, isn't it? Exactly. One and nil, I think one nil. And, and look, and you'd, you'd hope that victory, um, you know, one of the points of difference we've got to do in this country is the fact that we need to build from, from youth and build a, build a quality squad. squad. You know, we're going we're gonna to always bring in players and that sort of stuff, bring in quality. But we want, we want to see these kids in the first team. Yeah, the last two midfields Kev's put out are Broxham, Bazanic, Mahazi and Broxham, Bazanic, Valeri. So you'd probably... Hope that with the signings, um, bro- I wouldn't want to see a starting midfield champion, you know, ship run midfield with Broxham and Mahazi Correct. in there yep. too many times. Um, pushing them to the bench would just strengthen strengthen the the team, the match day team even more. But they still come in and do shifts, so there's there's no slight on their abilities or what how I like them. I would never want them out of the um the squads or that but I just think we need to we need to aim a bit higher in the midfield because it's just going to be another year of predictability of shutting down guys who aren't that mobile who don't have a great passing range and then if we're going to play the three up top like Kev looks like he's absolutely set in stone of Austin Barisha and then Cal Feller on the right uh, it could be another season of uh, I, I touched on this the last podcast of Barisha being stuck up front isolated so um, no one's seen or heard of Trimmers uh, in a in a little while, so gallivanting the globe. Let's hope he's gallivanting, and let's hope he's getting some uh, some swag from South America. La, la, look, last I heard, he was uh, on Mykonos with uh, a couple of the famous terrace boys that are in uh, enjoying some time over there, enjoying some sun. So, oh, well, do you reckon Trimmers associates with the terrace boys? Do you reckon he gets along well with the terrace boys in Mykonos? You never know. You never know. <laughs> he, um, I, I've heard he likes a party. So, oh well, Greek footballers don't get paid much, and there's no jobs in Greece. So hopefully, we can nick a couple. Yeah. <laughs> you know what? I'd say. You know, when this ICC tournament was announced, obviously I had my reservations, and especially when victory was was concerned, these silly preseason friendlies they don't mean too much, they don't get much out of. But I thought this was really worthwhile for us this season, especially leading into the FFA Cup, knowing what we know now that we've gotten through to the the next round of the FFA Cup. It was the perfect tune-up for us. Um, a lot of players who we didn't know too much about have revealed themselves, um, and I thought it was a really worthwhile exercise. So I think in the end, the ICC. Um, Unbelievably, was a, a, a success for us. Do you guys think we played? We played last night like a team yeah. that's had a couple of good hitouts. Yeah, exactly. And it was a cow paddock, and it was pissing rain, and it would be freezing cold. And let's 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 face it, Newcastle are an anti-football kind of team, and they and our bogey team and our bogey team, and they gave an anti-football kind of pitch to the to the occasion. So a three-one. 3-1 win is not yeah. a bad result. Let's let's segue into the FFA Cup. We'll start off with the live stream. This is the first time Melbourne Victory really have ever been... Um, bumped. Bumped to the internet. <laughs> and you know what? I thought at first, you know, in the lead up to this, I thought, oh, you know, this is a quirky thing. I get to, to, to watch the victory on my computer. Um, so I set myself up, 7.27pm, I got the TV connected to Apple TV, got my Fox Sports uh, complimentary subscription all, all lined up, uh, turned on the TV and there were colour bars. And I thought, oh, I'll just wait for this to, um, to start. You know, three minutes, um, three minutes come and go and 
still colour bars. Um, not much going on. Hashtag magic of the cup. <laughs> yeah. Not knowing what's going on. And then um, I'm fucking, I'm having a tantrum. My housemates are saying, just calm down. It's okay. It's just the FFA cup. Um, I logged out, logged back in, um, and then finally got into it. And victory were 1-0 up. So I don't know what, what happened in the first the first goal. Um, Borussia scored before it came off with stomach cramps. Super ball by uh, there was a super ball and Benny Calfella put in a uh, super cross and did you see it or listen I, I saw a catch up I had a okay. couple, I had a, I had a couple of teething issues trying to get my uh, Foxtel account linked with my like, news.com.au account or whatever I thought I thought I'd done all the things but I hadn't you know what was great as well we, we say this about the vuck element of supporters who just don't listen and uh, no matter how many times the club told you this is how you do it. There's a live stream on tonight. They still got questions, even up until like the 45 minute mark. I saw like their their replies on Twitter, and it's like they're still replying to people saying, "Yes, you can watch a live stream here. We've told you like eight million times. This is where you can watch it." it people just are not savvy as well. I thought they Look, would be. It, it sounds a little bit like the North Terrace Melbourne uh, Facebook page of you know constantly getting stupid questions. Allah, where's the march? When's the march happening? When's the march happening? Yep. Is there a no, march? Probably, this week? probably, yeah, probably from the same pub that it's been happening at for the last three and a half years, but. Yeah. Uh, Internet. Yeah, it'd be it'd be a tough gig being the uh, Melbourne Victory social media manager, or it'd be tough gig being any sports team social media manager. So they uh, they play a straight bat, and they did well from the VAC. I thought the live stream, uh, like most of Foxtel streams, they they have a lot of bandwidth, and no matter how bad your internet can be, mine's not the best. Uh, I got a pretty nice crisp picture. The only problem was there was Andy. Uh, Andy, Andy Harper's Harper microphone level oh. was much higher than the other commentator's microphone level. So I've turned it up to my TV to about volume level 60 um, because I can't hear the actual main commentator, the play-by-play commentator. And then Andy Harper will chime in and he must have, must have his like um, voice or mouth really close to the microphone really like close. this. Um, and then he just spurts out something and just shatters my TV volume. Uh, but other than that, I mean, yeah, hopefully we don't get bumped too much with a defending champions for fuck's sake, surely for Vuck's sake, this um, is true. And look, and look, the the thing is, uh, our, our wonderful host has excellent NBN over here in Brunswick, so oh. no such no such luck for us out in the uh, eastern suburbs, is there? Is there, buds? No, well, I'm in the green. The wedge. NBN hasn't gotten to green. you guys yet. Yeah, no. I, don't, I don't. I don't have it up in the green wedge. So, um, in terms of the game, uh, really, you didn't notice too much from the defence or anything like that. So that means they probably played a good game. Georgievsky, he's a bit of a worry for me. I love Dan's passion and I love what he brings as an unpredictable kind of player. So he looks like he's, after a year on the outer last year, he looks like he's regained Kev's uh, trust again. So Kev's played him on the left. Until he signed someone new. Yeah, yeah. on the, on the yeah. left for the past three games. Uh, Galloway seems to have been the rusted on uh, other... Yeah, well, I, I don't. I probably should have done some research because Garrier wasn't on the bench mm. yesterday. He didn't start against Atletico. Um, surely, you, he's you still say, first, yeah, surely he's still first. He has choice, to be. Though. Surely, be, yeah. He definitely would. There, it might be a niggle there or something, or it's just preseason and he just wants to give some someone else a run. But Galloway hasn't been the worst. Ansel and Barrow look like they're going to. Um, start as the... Well, yeah, this is something I said as well, we, we were um, hypothesising about as well, is that 
we thought that Barrow, he, he can play as a defensive midfielder or um, in central defence. We thought that maybe Donachie would take that central defending role with Ansel. doesn't seem to be the case. So um, hopefully um, Donachie doesn't turn out to be another Giancarlo Galafoco who signed, <laughs> who signed thinking he'll get first-team football and has resigned to the bench for the whole season. Yeah, uh, I did like Donachie's performance against Juventus, um, but hasn't really had a look in since. But uh, you've You've got to keep giving Barrow time. He's got the pedigree and he's filling some massive shoes. So well, um, it's a it's a hole that we thought would never get um, get filled quick enough from uh, the great man Del Pierre leaving the club. But Barrow seems to be okay. The only problems that we've had in the last couple of games has been Lawrence. Lawrence Thomas doesn't seem to be able to handle the lob. Yeah, well, Kevin Musket said that in the Juventus press conference that he takes full blame for that goal, the uh, the lob goal that Juve scored against us um, because of the way we play and where he wants Lawrence Thomas stationed. Um, So he's susceptible to that, I suppose, which is um, something that needs to be corrected, I suppose, because if we're copying those goals regularly, then that's a that's a a point that teams are going to going to work out. Obviously, a lob's quite hard to continually get right. So it might be just the risk worth taking, though. Yeah, he doesn't like him over his head. He's a tall lad. But he was good otherwise. Yeah, no, he's, he's fine. I've no, no qualms with him being the number one. So all in all, we progress. Uh, the live stream, us being bumped after the scenes last night up in uh up Yeah, in you can't Queensland. begrudge it. They chose the right game, didn't yeah, they, to show? Yeah, it's been, uh, it's been justified. So two nights in a row and, you know, all, all the other sports mediums are talking about the FFA Cup. So it's a good thing. that Those scenes in the Adelaide game was probably about as good as live sport gets. Yeah, the yeah, FFA absolutely. would be rubbing their hands together at how good the uh, this round has turned out to be already. You know, you've got a couple of a couple of teams who have been A League opposition, which makes you wonder if perhaps we can get away from the rig draw now. Um, you know, it, there's there's history now of, of teams beating A League opposition. There's, it's happened twice already in the last week. Are yep. you are you, ta- are you talking about for those at home who may yeah. not be clued in? Uh, the FFA Cup is designed so um, and not a, a you know a minnow. All due respect to the small clubs, but your state league clubs, your MPL clubs. There is one that must make the semi-finals by yep. the path of the uh, the fixturing. Yeah, so I think if there's if there's history where it's not the impossible that um, state league teams can't beat the A league teams, maybe they'll make it a more organic draw where you can get anyone at any time um, at any place. So maybe you know that's something to look forward well, to in the future. And that's and that's the beauty of the FA Cup, isn't it? It's that that draw. You know, the round of sixty four, round of round of thirty two draw, where you simply don't know who you are. Who are you going to come up with? Um, unless you are Arsenal playing Spurs, when they always seem to play them in uh, in the quarters or uh, the round of 16. It's funny how those things work. Mm, I like the FFA Cup. I think it's brilliant uh, Wednesday night viewing, and I, th- I think it's uh, only getting better. And I do like... So, to touch back on the live stream, I like what Foxtel are doing with it. It enables you to watch one game on your... If, on, if you're a hardcore... Like our man Dave at home is. He, he uh, sits yep. on Twitter and he has probably a, a tablet with one game on the stream. Has his, his MacBook, has his, MacBook, has his PC. Has has his, has yep. his plugged in. It's like that scene in Swordfish. You've got the computer screens all over, all over the show. <laughs> that's I'm what telling he's you, like. he's all over every goal that's kicked when everyone else is watching one game. Our man Dave's watching them all. And that's why he gives the expert analysis here on For Vuck's Sake. Um, 
I've lost my train of thought. I was going to say, no, oh, it's, I, a good, I, it's a good social media competition, though, isn't it? Because you've got four yeah. games going at once. Everyone's pretty much at home because these, crowd, these crowds aren't spectacular. They're all out, you know, in whoop whoops, uh, most of these games. Um, so a lot, of, a lot of people are sitting at home on the Twitter, on the Facebook, and they're all talking about the game. So it's such a good social media competition because everyone's plugged in, everyone's talking about it nonstop, and it's trending. Like that um, Adelaide game was the number one trending topic on Twitter last night. Wow. So that's yeah. huge. I, um, I did one, one, one tweet, uh, Jesse. Macaruna, one game. It's taken one game for Macarunas to make Adelaide shit, and that got that got like thirty. <laughs> no, you know what? I, I thirty made, likes and seventeen retweets. Of I made a similar Macarunas. Like I made a similar Macarunas tweet. And I think anti Macarunas tweets are instant like hits. Winners, yeah. If you just want, if you want, if you want retweets and likes, just say something bad about Macarunas. Grand, groundswell of support for that, I think. You um, you you happen to make another tweet. <laughs> oh, here we go. That was. <laughs> Yeah, so let's let's round out the scores. Obviously, Barisha scored one. Bazanich scored one. Um, after Barisha went off with his stomach cramps, you say he might might have needed to uh, to go. <laughs> well, the the word was I got I got some questions asked uh, on my Twitter, like what's happened to Barisha? Can you give us an update on his um on his well being? And I did a little bit of research, and someone said that he wasn't feeling the best in the stomach. Um, before Uh-oh. the game, so he scored his goal, and then I think he might have run over to the bench and said, "Kev, my, my stomach's not feeling the best. I gotta gotta hop off." Needed <laughs> need, need, needed to drop a few friends off at the yeah. pool. Yeah. yeah. So then on comes George. Happen. On comes George Howard, and I've learnt a lot in the, in the last twenty four hours that perhaps you shouldn't um, bake your own players too early. So uh, on the official. Uh, victory of a Vuck's sake Twitter account for Vuck's sake I made a tweet in the 35th minute um, saying if George Howard does anything meaningful tonight I will do a nude run on Burke Street and let's let's face it on the on, the, on current form of the last two outings he would have been a, a bookies probably about a $25 plus on the others page for scorers for the evening he's been absolutely shithouse and and look I'd have to say that the uh, the match winning goal the one that uh, that puts it away is definitely a significant event Bud's thought yeah. Do you think that's meaningful? Because the game was already kind of won. Two one, two one. The game's never over. <laughs> hey, always square up. Two all. Replay. We've seen the magic of the cup already. Yeah, fair enough. Okay. We're, we're, let, let's uh, let's hope we don't see too much more magic from uh, from so James down Burke Street. Yeah. Let's discuss the nudie run. I suppose I've promised to do a nudie run. I didn't promise. I said that I would if he did anything meaningful. Um, you guys have judged that he did something meaningful. I guess I have to go through with it. I'm not too sure. Um, I suppose, firstly, when do I do it? Do I do it during peak hour? I don't think I'm going to do it during peak hour. Christmas time, I think. Christmas time when the, the Maya Christmas windows are going, there's, there's far too many people. It's too cold now. It's yep. too cold now. So um, you'll have to wait for summer. Yeah. You probably want to wait until the day of uh, Eddie Had Stadium blockbuster. Would have thought that's that, that, that's generally generally a nice warm day around that Christmas. Like a, hour. a Friday night at like midnight when you've got people, like people are there. It's still a busy area, but everyone's a, kind oh, of drunk. Maybe a post game Friday night down Burke Street. Not a bad idea. Can can be done. I have to be a man of my word. I can't I can't say these things and um, and then not not back but back them up. So very true. George need, Howard proved me wrong. We'll need to have spotters out there. So some people holding onto some clothes. Might, of might, yours. might need some uh, magnifying glasses for those and, spotters uh, too. But have uh, to make sure that you don't uh, get arrested with this one. Uh, <laughs> yeah, we'll have to check the uh, the repercussions of what happens if I get caught. Because if I you know if I ever look for a job you know down the track in four or five years time and I have a conviction for. Uh, 
Is it an indecent exposure? Indecent exposure, well, I think. I think. It could That's be a, a bit tough of, one to explain. Yeah, I think you could cop a public nuisance. Uh, you yeah. could cop a couple of charges there. But uh, let me say I'll project manage this one and uh, let you guys know that it will happen. Yeah, don't let me forget it. You, I, I, I'm sure you guys will I don't think anyone won't. will. <laughs> um, all right, we're going to get into Victory Secret. It's a big one. It's a reason why we've got Rowdy here. Let's do it. Victory Secret. Alrighty, just before we get into the the main victory secret, which is a lead on from last week, I just want to um, to just touch base on the fact that um, we revealed something a, a few months ago that the Melbourne Victory Academy was slated to be made at Footscray Park, which um, during the last week I think that's been revealed in the press as, as going ahead. So they've done a feasibility study. Um, so that's going to happen in Footscray Park, which is huge. I think it's what uh, a lot of people have been wanting for a long time. So it's pretty good to see. Um, yeah, the, the the one we're going to lead on from last week is the fact that uh, due to the South Melbourne victory um, fracas in the uh, the NPL earlier this year, there's some there's been meetings going on between uh, police and uh, and the victory um, the club itself, not with the supporters, which is um, interesting. I'll get your views on that in a second, Rowdy. But uh, we didn't have the exact. Um, sanctions or restrictions if you will of what was going to happen last week but we got them during the week so we wanted to reveal that because we think it's pretty important i think the club are going to reveal these in in the coming days as well via email to to those uh, associated so i'm going to go through what in the meetings has actually happened um and what they propose what they're proposing for the coming year which um if you have a read of this it it kind of threatens to tear the the north terrace apart really i think and probably end active support for the North Terrace if, if these things are, um, are put through. So um, the things we've been told uh, for the, the coming season is uh, there will be no flags allowed, no banners allowed. The wow. current leaders of the North Terrace will be out. There will be facial, facial recognition for those fans entering games. Uh, active members can only enter via certain gates. There will be an increased uh, use of undercover cops in the North Terrace and there will also be an increased use of stiffer dogs to detect flares. Uh, Rouds, what's your thoughts on that? You're, as, as mentioned, you've been in the North Terrace for 10 years. You came on um, in Season 1 to basically tell us the origins of the North Terrace. So you've been around since you know, close to the very start of it. You've been um, an integral part of building this terrace and now there seems to be a chance that it could all fall apart. Yeah, look, absolutely. Like you, you look through those restrictions, and I just, you know, I, you know, have obviously been privy to those for for a couple of hours, and I'm just, I'm just still flabbergasted. You know, there are things there that absolutely attack the core of what the North Terrace is. You know, flags, colour, tifo. That's what what the North Terrace is about. And look, you know, I just, I look at some of those other things. You know, talking about facial recognition, talking about. You know, thing, things like that. This, this, <laughs> it's they're they're mind blowing. There are there are things which just seem seem not really relevant to what you'd think a, a, a football terrace really needs or or deserves. So, to give people an insight as to how these things usually go on, because this isn't the first time that um, Victoria Police and the club have tried to impose restrictions. 
Are you guys normally part of the discussions when this happens? Yeah, look, we normally, uh, the way that the North Terrace normally works is that about three months before the season, so generally around about that, that June time, we sit down with the club and we uh, talk about, you know, our plans for, for the coming season and that sort of stuff. That's what we did um, in the first week of June this year where we sat down with representatives of the club. Um, we agreed to um, to a few different things just to try to smooth over the, the processes, you know, things like um, ensuring that we were just standing behind the North Terrace banner um, to sort of unite us together. Um, obviously speaking about um, getting some support for the the match day capos and and look and basically you know our goal was to try to work as closely with the club as we we possibly could um at that time and look sadly we've 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 heard very very little um back from the club since we kind of had that meeting and you know it seems pretty clear that you know it's not necessarily the club where this is coming from but there's been things that are, are being dictated to the club um in order about um, how we should support as a reaction to two different things, like facial recognition, and that's huge. Yeah. It's, it's a bit 1984 to use an Orwellian type of quote. It's uh, it's 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 hardcore. It's hardcore for Australian support, and it's it's just a damn shame because 12 months ago, almost 12 months ago, with the uh, the walkouts and the groundswell across Australia for active support and supporters' rights. Uh, there was such, such such positivity and such ground made. Absolutely, this, this, this is just this is really just putting a stick of dynamite under it all. And Look, just and we and we need to think about the game. You know, this is we're all supporters of football in this country. You know, if you're a 14, 15 year old kid, if you're you want to be part of this terrace, you've got to you know go through retinal scanners or whatever. You've got to you know be subject to you know a pretty significant level of Look, harassment's not necessarily the right word, but but certainly attention. Um, it's not really a welcoming place, you know, for a 14, 15-year-old to be. You know, well, they're not going to go to the, the the footy and get that sort of attention, are they? Well, no, it, 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 you say it's not harassment, but it does. It gets down to it because th- this is all the talk and this is the precursor. And when it's actually in the match day and the people that are, that are employed by the stadiums or the government to police and to control these, these venues... Their directives turn turn into ego, turn into just straight up harassment of people. Yep, absolutely. So, and and look, and the you know the the mention there about um, about you know NT leaders not being involved there. That's a that seems like a pretty clear signal that they don't actually want to deal with with the people that have been sort of you know it almost running the North Terrace into for a long cheer time. squad because does when you when you say the North Terrace leaders out, how, how do you actually do that um, unless you decide on are you going to handpick who the leaders are of the terrace now? That's that's basically an AFL cheer squad. And it is cheer squad. Sorry to interrupt, but cheer squad, like saying no flags, what flags are acceptable? A, a fucking a, a kiosk bought Vuck flag? Or thunder a, sticks. Or, or a thunder stick or something that you, you, you wheel out that says gold unibet? Like, is, is that acceptable? Because... It's just the same to me. And, and, and look, and that's all history repeating itself. You know, we remember all the, you know, season two, season three days with thunder sticks and plastic hands and like all that, that sort of garbage. That is not what supporter this club should be about. No. You can't have your flags, but here's a Dulux T-shirt for you to wear. Um, Buds, before you just said something about the overwhelming support that... Uh, 
crews like well, places like the North Terrace got also, you know, Western Sydney Wanderers, they got um, after the whole supporters' rights issue, uh, essentially people who weren't part of any any kind of um, places, you know, weren't part of the North Terrace, weren't part of the Red and Black Bloc, uh, were up in arms over what happened last November. So much so that the, the pressure that was placed upon the FFA uh, essentially... Uh, made them come out and, and you know have press conferences and stick up for the fans and so forth. A, a lot of this is a PR exercise. It's about getting good PR and bad PR. And I think a lot of a lot of people who aren't part of the North Terrace are going to look an empty terrace next year potentially if that happens if it comes to that. And they're going to say they're not going to understand why uh, there are actions. We keep talking about the actions of a select few. So I want to ask you a few layman terms questions about you know, th- questions that a person who isn't part of this might not know. And no you know, I know I know the answers to most of these questions, but I want to ask you, as someone who's part of the NT, uh, about a certain few of these questions. So my first one is the select few we keep talking about are they football fans? It's look. It's 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 a tough question. You know the 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 people that I go to the football with, the people that I attend meetings with, the people that I converse with about the runnings of the North Terrace aren't involved in any of this, this sort of stuff. I, you know, it's it, it it it's it's clear that there is a really small minor, minority of football fans out there who you know don't necessarily have the the game as their their focus. I can honestly say I don't know who they are. These aren't people that are connected directly with with the North North Terrace leadership. Yet we as a, a terrorist are continually facing this sort of level of collective punishment. And the other look and the the other point I really want to make is the fact that a lot of this sort of stuff, a lot of this sort of, you know, garbage, this, you know, pretty reprehensible antisocial behaviour, it's not occurring in the stadium. You know, you look at you look at all of the incidents over the you know last four or five years, very few of them have actually happened in the stadium. I suppose the big one that's probably been the catalyst for this, unfortunately, did happen in a stadium, albeit not a, not an A-League stadium. Yeah, that's true. And I was going to ask you next about the collective punishment because that's a, that's a big thing the North Terrace are big on, obviously. Don't punish everyone for the actions of a select few. However, the actions of a select few are continually putting the North Terrace at risk. So... When we say don't punish us all, what what else can we do in terms of that? Because it seems like no matter what we do, it's not going to change anything. The same thing is going to happen over and over. We've had this conversation every year seemingly for the last eight, nine, ten years. Is there anything we can do? Look, I think that that's a slight exaggeration. But look, the the fact is my, when it when it comes to the crunch, if individuals are out there committing antisocial behaviour, they deserve to... To, to have that dealt with, whether that's on the street, you know, whether that's, you know, in whatever walk of life. If you fuck up, you're going to, or you should have to, deal with the consequences of that. My, my idea really boils down to the fact that just because there are a few people that do, you know, screw up or maybe, you know, partake in antisocial behaviour, I still don't understand how that suddenly boils down into collective punishment you know those individuals should be punished they should be banned from games they should be you know if it, if it's happening out on the street then then the logical consequence is that the police like they always do should be dealing with those incidents and dealing with them on a case-by-case basis i still don't see this 
this need to punish a whole terrorist. You know, I can I can honestly say I've never been involved in an antisocial incident in, you know, my 10, 11 years of, of following the victory. Why should I be subject to punishment as a result of a small, really small minority? Does, does self-policing within the terrorists happen when you guys see something that probably shouldn't be happening? Does that still occur? Because I, I believe that one of the, the North Terrorist directives is they want to be given the chance to self-police their own people rather than be collectively punished, as you said. Does that still go on? Yeah, look, I, I, I think, it, think it happens. Um, you know, self-policing, I think, exists. Certainly, you know, I can only really speak from, from my own perspective. If I see something that, that I don't approve of, I'm going to be the type of person who's going to, you know, stand up and say something. But the fact is that, and you guys know, like even in the South Terrace, when you've got a group of people standing, it is actually impossible to see anything that happens two rows behind yeah. you. It's, yeah. it's, it's a physical impossibility. Something can occur, you know, a flare or, <clears throat> or something or a fight or a, a disagreement can occur three, three and a half metres away from you and you can't actually see it. Yeah, because you're concentrating on something else. You're watching the match. So these things happen and you only see the after, the after effects of it. So I think that's just the tough thing. As I said, I'm, I've been around this for 10 years now. I know how it works. I'm absolutely for the North Terrace. But when, when we say things like we can't see what goes on, then what other, what other things can we do? I, I, obviously, I know collective punishment is wrong, but what else can we do? They're, they're sending a, a message to people, I suppose, by saying, you know, we're going to punish you all. It's not necessarily, necessarily the right thing, but it just seems like it's... It's imperfect. We but, can't. But, but it's the a solution. But the collective punishment sends the message to the wrong yeah. people. It's not sending them to those individuals. Let's be honest. We, you know, at, at both the stadiums and in particular at Amy Park, they have world class security systems. Yeah. If there is someone doing something wrong in the North Terrace or in the South Terrace or on the wing or whatever, they have the ability to be able to zoom in on those particular areas. And to be able to isolate those people when they're going out at halftime or whatever, the police deal with them in that situation. It should be based around and based around individual punishment, not on this idea that collective punishment is suddenly going to solve these problems. Yeah, it seems to be a rule for Melbourne Victory fans and then ejections and things done the way you said that they should be done for every other sporting event in the country at every other stadium because they don't collectively uh, punish Bay 13 and the dickheads at the cricket. They zone in on somebody, they see something getting done and that person gets ejected You're right. and that's it. Their, their camera systems are that good. They do that at the cricket. They zoom in on someone who's done something. Even if it's like, you know, if they're sitting down they're pouring like a, a bottle of bourbon into a Coke bottle, they still, they still zoom in on that. They can see what's going on. So, yeah, you're right. And that fact, they probably... They probably just don't know how to deal with football fans. They they feel there's some form of intimidation that they feel. Uh, there's a new head of the head of major events, Victoria Police, who ha- is obviously driving this is is driving this agenda here. Uh, so it's just unfortunately, it seems like it's going to be another season of. Um, just protests and just the shit that goes on with it. It's just going to be a really... I hope not, but it seems like it's going to be another bad year. If this is a Vic Pole and an FFA uh, directive going to the club and the stadiums, then the person, apart from the terrace where people who aren't involved in any of this crap 
are going to just end up walking away. The terrace is going to be empty. The people that's going to hurt are the people that are first ones to jump on the fan atmosphere and all that and use use the propaganda and the pictures. And that's Foxtel and the FFA. It's going to hurt their. It's going to hurt their their images. It's going to hurt their TV coverage and it's going to hurt their bottom line at the end of the day because no one wants an empty terrace because a strong North Terrace is a strong Melbourne victory. And, and and look, and you're right, buds. I just, you know, I just think, you know, you guys both know that, you know, I'm a mad AFL footy fan as yep. well. And look, you know, we we see, you know, you see YouTube's, you hear, you know, you you see it at the ground, you hear anecdotal evidence of, you know, you know, every single Friday night, there's punch-ons in the crowd, there's antisocial behaviour, there's people people being dickheads. This is happening every single week, you know. Those every everyone else that's in that stadium isn't subject to the consequences of those individuals' actions. I look, all, all I want is for football fans to be treated in exactly the same way that sporting fans of other codes are treated. I don't, I don't know whether it's fear of the other. I don't know whether it's conspiracy theory. You know, there's there's people out here that believe that uh, you know, nine eleven was an inside job. You know, a lot of lot, lot of lot of garbage out there, but. You know, sorry, I had to throw that one in, James Harris. To round off the conversation, though, despite that really weird remark, to round the conversation, though, as someone who doesn't do anything wrong, someone who's been part of the terrace forever, someone who's helped build the terrace to what it is, what does this do to your resolve moving into the next season? If these if these sanctions or restrictions are imposed. Will you just give up? Will you keep trying? What What's the deal for you? Look, it's it, it's so hard. And when you when you look at one of those, you know, core sort of, you know, ideas that that have been raised, you know, by by what you guys have revealed, you know, it's saying that that they don't want to deal with with North Terrace leadership. You know, they actually don't want to deal with the people that have been there for ten or eleven years. You know. Um, I don't. I don't want to walk away. I, I. I. I love this club, but I'm also. You know, I also have a job. I have a family. You know, I'm a. I'm a professional. I. I don't want to go into a game and be subject to that sort of intrusion in my own privacy from the moment that I. That I walk in the stadium. Yeah, I mean, it's. It's pretty damn far removed from going and, let's say, to the football and supporting the boys. It's. It's. It's pretty far removed from, you know, going, having a couple of beers and watching the game, which is a way of life that we all love. And it's a, it's an utter crock of shit. And I really hope that uh, half of these things that have been mooted don't see the light of day. Yeah, and look, and that, and that's that, that's what we we need to hope for. And you know, and and we, you know, we we opened those channels with the club again. You know, in early June, two months ago, haven't really heard heard much back at all. And you know, we've we've actually. Um, not long after, in early June, through um, one of the employees of the club, actually um, spoke to him and suggested that we'd like to have a sit down with the um, the new uh, policeman in charge of major events and to you know potentially clear up some things and to potentially be able to to come up with some some common goals and some common strategies. But uh, sadly, you know that that hasn't eventuated. We we certainly suggested to that club employee that we would like those things to happen for whatever reason that hasn't happened and I'm, I'm not sure whether that's a, a that they actually don't want to do that that they don't want to sit down and talk to us but 
you know, open lines of communication are vital. Yeah, well, we're hoping or well, we're expecting that the club will release some information regarding this set in stone within the next coming coming days. So I think they sent an email around to North Terrace people saying that something would come out this week. So given that today's Thursday, uh, that possibly could mean tomorrow or Saturday. Um, so watch this space and I suppose we'll, uh, we haven't heard the last of this, I suppose, as well. All right, to round up the show, we uh, we asked the loyal listeners of Vuck's sake to, uh, to, say, to give us some questions to answer. Um, so we thank you guys for putting out the questions. Um, most of you guys asked about the nudie run. Um, we've already addressed that. It's going to happen. Don't worry, eventually. So boys, rouds and buds, I'm going to put some questions to you. Um, let me know what you think. This one was submitted firstly by Nutwells on Twitter. Is FBK the answer as a buck-up striker for Bess instead of Howard? Look, it's pretty. It's a pretty simple answer. No. Yeah, no. My reasoning is FBK is not a striker. Howard's not much chop. So is is Howard a viable striker, backup striker for Bess? Uh, well, he's not an Archie Thompson replacement, so no. My, look, my thoughts are that he kind of has to be because we need to strengthen in other areas, um, strengthen other areas of our team. And let's be honest, we can't have a quality gun out and out striker sitting on the bench every day because we're going to be playing with one striker and Bess is our number one striker. Yeah, that's true. Um, we need a good backup though. Um, but we, we, we've talked about playing different players in different positions. I don't like all the constant talk about signing players for their versatility. It's good. We have a team that has Ollie Roos players and Soccer Roos players. The FFA always schedule international games on the same week. They don't schedule the international games. They schedule A-League games on the same week and weekends in international windows. And we need that flexibility. But I'd prefer to have certified guns in their positions. So Howard, for me, Kev's chosen Howard over a couple of other Young guns, uh, namely one that has the supporters uh, talking was he got rid of Katabian, yeah. mm. who no one ever really saw him. So I think last I heard he was having a trial up in Brisbane. Um, Howard, oh, geez, I, I don't know. I, don't, I really don't know. Look, at, look. if we need a solution, I'm pretty sure Leandro Love is still available uh, <laughs> and won't, we won't have the issue with uh, international matches because I'm pretty sure he isn't he playing for play Brazil him. at the moment. So. Sign him up. <laughs> But uh, uh, thanks, thanks for the question, Nutwalls. Next question. Actually, I'll just say that was our second take of the question. I asked it first and we gave a better answer, but I had my microphone switched off. Amateur hour over here. <laughs> and they gave me a press pass somehow. Uh, Benedo will ask the next question. Who do you want in the nef- next round of the FFA Cup? Do you want it at home? Do you want it away in Melbourne? Or do you want it away in a place such as New South Wales, which doesn't have a very good record against Victorian teams in the Cup? Uh, I'll take this one first. Um... I don't care who we get next. I think uh, how many how many A League teams have been eliminated now? Four, uh, four. Yeah, already? eventually there's a there's a game there's a couple of games next week in which I think there's an A League opposition against A League opposition. So in in the end, by the time we get to the next round, there'll be four teams eliminated. Yeah. So um, doesn't really matter. I suppose we'll give someone a payday. I want games in Victoria because I'm kind of sick of us playing. F- how many have we played in Melbourne? Two. 
two. Yeah, uh, maybe one or two, but they've both been at Amy Park. Yeah, we, we played one against Adelaide and then one against uh, Hume City, which was at Amy Park. The, so The way the uh, the FFV have been this year with uh, some of the v- games against uh, bigger-named MPL clubs, uh, and I think there was one uh, yeah. postponed last week as well, and Vuck fans haven't been allowed to go through fear of... Uh, Theory of uh, supporter suburban terrorism. Yeah. Uh, I'd like to see how it goes if we were to play a uh, a big old. Uh, well, the Knights are still in the competition; yeah. they can still go through. I've, look, I've got a dream clash against uh, Green Gully away, which I reckon would be ap- an absolute ripper. In the yeah. uh, the last time we played them in a friendly about seven years ago was a was an absolute cracker of a night. That's a good call. Let's say let's let's go Roddy Vargas away. Let's yeah. say that. I think Dave That's a good story. Dave Dave our, our dear friend at home who's probably onto his third bottle now and uh, probably his second slice of cake. Uh he he travels a bit for work and he kind of always finds a way of uh making his interstate work trips work with football. So I think he's um He's earmarked a couple of uh, away games, maybe one in Sydney and one in uh, one Queensland. Yeah, he was at the Bentley Greens game against Metro Stars as well in the week. Uh, the week just gone as well. Uh, next question is from Professor Hutch, and this is about the Holman rumours. Do you think he fits the squad and the way Vitry set up? And if not, who would you like to see instead of him? I, I, honestly, I haven't seen or heard of Brett Holman kicking a football in quite a long time. Uh, he went into obscurity over in the Gulf states, and I don't know. Um, I, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. He, yeah. he, had, he had some good pedigree back in 2011. Uh, he came good eventually, kind of. No, he, kind turned, of. he turned from Lolman yeah. to scoring an absolute worldie against in the Serbia. World Cup against yeah. Serbia. Uh, he, he did well in qualifiers. He turned from Lolman back to Holman. But I, 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 honestly, I don't know enough about him. I don't know what shape he's in. I don't know what form he's been in. I don't know what kind of ego he's got. I don't know whether he'll think that he's uh, a, still a superstar that can come back to uh, the biggest club in the A-League and just automatically get a start. I, I don't know. I don't know. I'm going to say no. I don't I don't want... I think we've got enough of that kind of um, age group of player. I'd prefer to... Prefer to look elsewhere. Look, I'm gonna I'm gonna differ with you slightly, buds. I just think we need absolute quality into this team, and he is a proven quality player. You are spot on that. You know, we barely heard a whisper out of him for two and a half, um, three years. You know, we obviously need to do our due diligence. But if he's, um, you know, he's always had the quality. If he's still got that quality, if he's still fit, if he's. Uh, you know, we, we, we need someone in that attacking midfield role because I think, you know, I think Finkler's going to be a big loss. Yep. I think we've covered it there. We've got the for and against, Journey, in my opinion. Uh, next question, Peter, MVFC. With two visa spots available, what position should MVFC target? I think we've talked a little bit about that backup striker role. I think it'd be a waste to waste a visa spot on a guy who's going to sit on the bench and come on the you know, 60, 70 minute mark, especially because Bruce is a bit of a walk, workhorse. He, he can play 85, 90 minutes. So I think that would be a waste. Where else can we utilize a visa spot? And yeah. keep in mind as well, two, two spots are available right now if... Barisha gets his um, citizenship or whatever it is yep. in September, which I think is expected. Then we've got three. Oh, look, I, I, I think we definitely need someone around that defensive midfield area, someone who's got that versatility, 
you know, to be able to play as a central defender, to be able to play as a as a DMC. Now, I hate to mention the the Milligan word, but um, you know, someone in that that sort of mould that that gives us that flexibility to be able to move Barrow around a little bit. And I still, you know, I I don't think that we should be using one of those spots for a backup striker. Don't necessarily think we need to do it, you know, in the in the left back position for Georgievsky. So I think the other one is, as I said, the the AMC attacking midfield role. Uh, for me, midfield, midfield, midfield. If anything, maybe even um, looking. Um Someone as a succession plan for Kalfala on that yeah, that's a good right point. hand side on that right hand side because ben, Benny for me, uh, in, big year for Benny, uh, huge, big huge year. Didn't get the heights, maybe got found out last season. Um, let's let's see how he goes. But for me, it's just midfield because um, I think we're going to touch on it with the next question. Um, that's the part of the. Um, squad that I don't think that we've really improved greatly. I'm with you on that one. I, I would like to see someone give Kalafel a competition because if he doesn't play well, we can't risk him being found out all season again because that was a major reason why we didn't go as well as we should have last season. It's hard to find somewhere because if you want to do a visa spot, you want someone in, in a starting position. It's hard to see who you knock off from a starting position right now in the, in the first 11. Whilst they might not be um, the greatest players, a lot of these guys have been in the team for such a long time. It, it just feels uh, like treason to to get rid of some of these guys. Like you've got that, that front three locked on at the moment, I think, with Austin, um, Barisha and Kalfala. And then Bazanich, you don't know what he's going to do with Teresi coming in. Teresi seems like he's going to fit into that number 10 role. So you, you can't get rid of Valeri. Do you get rid of Bazanich, who's a marquee player? So then at the same time, you've got that marquee wage putting on the pine if you bring in a visa player who's going to start the start games. So it's a, it's a tough decision. I think you maybe give someone, uh, give Calfalo a run for his money with someone um, and then perhaps I brought this um, subject up last week, perhaps just leave it open until January. Leave one spot open until January and then just try your luck, see how you go, get someone on a, a guest spot for half a year. Who knows? Yep, that, that that would make sense. Look, to be honest, I just don't really want Mahazi starting in our midfield. I don't think he will this year. Yeah. I don't think he will. I don't think... I, don't, I even think Broxton's going to get a starting gig. Broxton's not going to get a starting gig this year either. Uh, the next question is from G. Karasidis. Uh, I'm a bit sceptical about us greatly improving on last season. What are your early early impressions? Uh, straight up. Uh we can call Thomas an upgrade on Vukovic because yeah. Vukovic started last season. Pay that. Thomas will start this season. The rest we seem like we've, we've tried to do a lot of like-for-like replacements. As you said, Kevin's not going to deviate from the, the formation. So a lot of these guys are like-for-like replacements, but I can't say any of these players are better than what we've already had last year. So we haven't... Um Oh, we haven't improved on Barrow with Del Pierre, but I think Del Pierre is a once in a once in a Vuck generation player. I think it was just absolutely superb, unbelievable acquisition to get a guy of his pedigree to the club, and we all saw what a champion of the game and champion of that club that guy is. Um, but Barrow seems to look okay. Um, <clears throat> who is the other one? Uh, our, our mate, 
Who left? We've got, we've got to go back and remember who's left we've and who's coming. We've got a lot of mates. No, we've got, our, we've got our friend, a star, a real good friend of the show. I hope he's doing all right. I hope you found a club, Giancarlo Galafoco. Yeah, I, I Google searched him last week. He's got no no prospects on the horizon. Might be playing for Trojan, I reckon, in a couple <laughs> he, of weeks' He might time. be one of those guys that Kev was talking about that goes to the Malaysian Super yeah. League for super money. Uh, who knows? But I uh, hope he gets some uh, freebies over there. Uh, I th- you would say Donicky's been the... Um, the replacement for Galafoco, and I yeah. can see that being uh, that. That's definitely an improvement. Look, I'm gonna I'm gonna be really honest at the moment. I look at our squad right now, and I, you know, we've had some great form. Mm-hmm. I look at our first eleven at the moment, and I don't think it's as strong as what our first eleven was last year. No. Hence, hence the need. I agree for 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 signings. And but then, as well, you throw a couple of foreigners in the mix, which is obviously going to happen. You throw a couple of well, other it needs players. Needs to happen. Yeah, yeah. You're gonna you're gonna throw a couple of other players into the mix as well. And we're in August. By the time the team starts to gel, it might be like round five or six because our squad's not as settled as what it has been in past years. Troisi, probably you'd say Troisi for Costa. Um, Although they're not going to play the same role, but Costa's left, so Troisi's come in. So there's still a Finkler spot, yep. which hasn't been filled. Okay. Um, so it's and, it's and Barrows the 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 slight downgrade for downgrade for for Del, Del So it's 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 still early to say that we haven't improved. There are some parts of the squad where we have improved. I'm I'm big I'm a big rap for Mitch Austin. I think he's gonna do great things with this club. I'm quite happy with that front three. Basically our team okay I'm looking I'm looking at the um the lineup from the Jets game last night. I'm happy with our back four. You put uh Garia in for Galloway and you've got Barrow, Ansel Georgievsky, fine by me. Okay? Uh, Austin, Barisha, Kalfella up front, fine by me. Then you've got Valeri, Bazanich in the midfield, that's okay. So really what you want in this starting 11 is to move out where Broxham and Mahazi have been played and put a star. Our team lacks one more star. Yeah. If we can get star power in that position, we, we will be okay. So... All right, cool. Well, we are way over time from already. Uh, good show. I mean, lots of good discussion points and, um, yeah, really good stuff. Thanks um, for your questions. Keep them rolling in yeah, every true. week, we'll every do, week. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Without even us needing to ask, just send through questions. We'll answer them on the show um, and we'll do Q&As regularly. Uh, Buds, thanks for joining us as always. Always a we'll pleasure. We'll see you next week. Dave's going to be back bigger, better, you, and older next year yeah. and, uh, and next week rather. And... Uh, Rowdy, thanks for coming on. I know it's been yeah, it's it's good to have you on this week to have this discussion. And it was really good. Yeah, wish it wish it was better circumstances. Just wanted to really give a quick um, quick shout out to what off the Melbourne Victory Forum, um, who's been battling cancer over the last year. Just sent me a message saying he's back in hospital, but uh, hopefully things are okay. Love you, brother. Yeah, another great person on the terraces. So we hope he um, he recovers and gets over this. Uh, so that's it for for Vuck's sake this week. We'll be back next week. Goodbye. Mon the Vuck, never stop vucking. Here's a thought. What if you woke up to find you'd won $20,000 every month for 20 years? Imagine the possibilities. Set for life from New South Wales Lotteries. Grab an entry in-store or online today.